Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith and critical thinking skills. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Good to be with you, everyone. This is the day before our Christmas Eve worship celebrations. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Eve Eve. And that's what we're doing. It's going to be a... A great celebration, and I'm really excited about it. I am also excited. We have so many huge, amazing plans. <laughs> I am uh, a little running towards the finish line right now. I You're can sprinting. see it in the distance, but um, it's going to be an amazing yes. set of services. They're going to be tomorrow um, on campus and online. We've got seven total options for you seven. to participate seven um, services. three of them will be live on campus yes. that's at 2 3 30 and 5 but they'll also, uh, they'll be, also be online they'll be online as be, well be yeah. online or on campus and then we have four additional online only services yes um at 7 8 9 and 10 wow and if you are watching any of them from home if you are out traveling or you just prefer the online experience whichever it may be um we really encourage you they have all the New Year's celebration supplies out in the stores right now or on Amazon. Yes. yes. Um, Amazon, you're probably not going to be able to get them at this point, but in the stores, they have New Year's party poppers, like those big ones, like the big confetti launchers. And if you're going to be watching online, we will give you a slight hint that there's going to be some fun stuff going on near the end of the yes. service. And we want you to be able to participate with your family so that they don't look at the broadcast and be like, oh man, I wish I was there. So we yeah. want you to bring the fun into your home as well. So go get one of those big confetti poppers, not the little baby ones. You need no. one of the big ones. Bigger. Bigger get is the man better. size. Um, but I, I have been told by our legal representation to let them everyone know we will not be coming to clean up the confetti. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, get one for everybody who's going to be there. It'll be a ton of fun. Um, all right. Well, what does the salty pastor want to share with us on this Christmas Eve Eve about Christmas? Well, I want to just say Merry Christmas to everybody, but I'd like to say it in the truest sense of the word. We've lost a little bit of how important the word Merry Christmas really is, mm. particularly Merry. The, the word Merry comes from an old English word in the 12th century, and it comes from the word Merguez which is what we get the word merge from today. Oh, okay. And that came from Latin. If you're familiar with the development of English language, is that the Romans conquered half of uh, Great Britain, which is today, and they conquered it all the way up to what's called Hadrian's Wall, and they basically cut the island of Great Britain right in half, and they conquered the lower half, and they brought Latin to, and Latin is kind of one of the roots of English. And so what happened is the Eng, uh, Latin word uh, originally was mergo, and that word means to plunge into, completely immerse. Okay. And it's very similar to Koine Greek, which is the Greek language in which the original New Testament was written, mm. Koine, it's not spoken anymore. And their word for immersion was baptizo, which is the word we get baptism from. And so there is this sense of this word, when you say Mary, it 
Today it means, oh, that guy's had a little too much to drink or <laughs> go be happy, right. right? But in reality, this word and where it comes from, the derivation of it, has a, a really deep meaning, and that is that you're merging something together, you're being plunged into something or immersed into something. And so what you're being immersed into is a result of this merging, and I contend that that is joy. It's more than happiness. It's more than a good feeling. It's actual, authentic, spiritual joy. This is what we bring you here on The Salty Pastor. History <laughs> and uh, originations and der- derivations, derivations of words. So yes. It's what you pay the big bucks to come into. Oh, wait, this is a free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally free <laughs> Totally for you. free for you. Well, um, okay, so this term of Mary that we just kind of throw mm-hmm. around now, like it's just sort of like you always mm-hmm. pair it. You don't just come up to s- people and go, hey, I wish you... Christmas. Like, yeah. That's not like we like it's a it's that's a good point. It's part yeah. of it now, right? Yes, it's, it's, together, it's a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And so you're saying we've lost a little bit of the emphasis on why we say Merry Christmas. It's Correct. it's more of just a, a catchphrase these days rather than being like, I am honestly asking you to merge to be immersed in this spirit of Christmas, right? Yes. What Christ has done. So if joy is something we can experience when we immerse ourselves in what Jesus has done, yes. Uh, how do we do that? <laughs> like how I don't know. Like there's, you know, baptism makes sense. There's water to go immerse yourself in. Yes. Like Christmas, um, should I go climb into a pine tree? Am I supposed <laughs> to like bury myself in presents? What is the Sing how am I Christmas carols? Yeah, like uh, I mean eggnog. Am I drowning in eggnog? I don't know what the yeah. well, how are we immersing? Well, if ourselves? you really want to immerse yourself in what Christ has done, you need to watch 352 Hallmark movies. Oh yes, <laughs> um, I weirdly did actually watch what might as well have been a Hallmark movie last night. Actually, yeah. oh <laughs> there you go. No, I'm just I got kidding. my one in for the year. I'm done. <laughs> The best way for us to immerse ourselves so that we can be merry is you're trying to merge some of these things together, right? And mm. so that takes an act of will. If it's not just an emotional response, ooh, I got what I wanted, or oh, this is so neat, my whole family's going to be here. It's not getting what you want. Uh, being merry is a willful decision you make in, sense, in a sense to be more human, Mm. What you're what you're saying to yourself is, look, if am I a human being, and what does that mean? If if I'm a, an authentic human being, then that means my capacity to experience joy comes from the fact that you have a soul, and th- this right here is the primary reason why atheism is so meaningless. Uh, meaningless. It's it's nihilism. It's just it's it's a it's a it's a horrific belief system. Most people who are atheists are atheists because they had a bad experience with religious people or a church or a situation. Mm. But I mean, like Ricky Gervais, the comedian, he talks about why he's an atheist, you know, and he grew up extremely poor. He was in, in a, a flat in London or a suburb of London with his with his mom and his brother, and not only did they not have anything for Christmas, they didn't have enough food, and his mom would kept saying, well, God will work it out. You know, let's trust God, God will work it out. And he was like, 
well, this is God working it out. So see, he he had a bad experience. Right. Uh, Ted Turner, one of the most famous uh, atheists, he started the Pan American Games, and he wanted to get rid of the Ten Commandments. He always fought against that. He started CNN. Uh, and then he talks in his experience of why he's an atheist, and that is his mother got cancer, and he prayed that God would heal her, and he didn't, and so he said, well, I'm never going to believe in you again. Mm. So what happens, though, is is that when you say that out of anger or immaturity or for whatever reason, you are saying that I, I have no soul, and by having no soul, I have no capacity for joy. And Sam Harris, in his book, he talks about this, that free will is an illusion. Therefore, all of these things that we want to experience, the merriness of life, what makes us merry, happy, fulfilled, uh, are illusions. They're not really real in a scientific materialistic world. So your capacity to experience joy comes from the fact that you have a soul. Your capacity to enjoy every aspect of your life comes from the fact that you have a soul. Your ability to be in love and find a soulmate is because you have a soul. You see, if you don't have a soul, then how do you get a soulmate? Really what you have is you just have another person's propagating the human species. And what transpires between you and your spouse is irrelevant. You can't have a covenant. You can't have a mutually beneficial, uplifting, inspiring, uh, lifelong romance. You, mm. That doesn't exist. It's all an illusion. Your ability um, to live safely. Like, I want to live in a safe place, right, where, I, where the random acts of violence can't come in and, and hurt my children or hurt my wife or hurt my family members that are more vulnerable or hurt me. I, I desire to live in a place that's safe. I desire peace. Uh, all of these desires are because we have a soul, and so the only way to immerse yourself or be merry into what Jesus has done is by considering the condition of your soul. And this is what many people in our society don't do anymore. They don't sit down and go, well, what's the condition of my soul? Uh, one of my favorite uh, stories and movies is uh, Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol, mm. right? And is that it, the one with the Muppets or no, okay. I'm not the one I, I like, I think it's Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, they, in there, uh, it has some of my favorite songs that the guy sings. One right. of my favorite is the limey, uh, when he sees himself dead mm. at his funeral, the limey jumps up on his caskets and starts singing. Thank you very much. It's the nicest <laughs> thing that anyone's ever done for me. So do you really want somebody dancing on your grave saying, thank you for dying? No, nope, probably not. <laughs> well, What's really interesting is that this move, this show, this story is actually about considering the condition of your soul. See, everything that happens in that story with all the ghosts and all the things is trying to get Ebenezer Scrooge to consider the condition of his soul. Hmm. As a matter of fact, his name, Ebenezer Scrooge, tips you off to what the whole point of the story is. Most people think, oh, Ebenezer is just an old English name. No, it actually means a rock that gives help. So it's a help you can rely on. It's a help that never ceases. It's a help that is always there. So his name is, you are to be a powerful force for giving help, right? Mm. Well, guess what? It's it's scrooged. It's all screwed up. It's all restricted. It's cut off. 
So it wasn't until he addressed the condition of his soul did he remember who he was meant to be, and then he can start living that way. So the best way to be married, to be completely immersed into what Jesus has done, is to start by thinking of yourself, evaluating yourself, being completely honest with yourself. Paul tells the Corinthians that every person should examine themselves before taking the Lord's Supper. This is considering the condition of your soul. But I mean, isn't that basically what the world's already telling us to do all the time? Like that life's all about us and we should focus on what we want and what we desire and how we can get it and it's all about us. Doesn't this just promote selfishness? (laughs) Well... It, it it might if you listen to the world. You see, the world says that you're not happy because you don't have, right? Or this isn't occurring. So go get it. Go do it. Go be that or, or whatever may be the case. But what Paul tells us and what Jesus is saying is that in order for your soul to be free, you have to listen to the creator of your soul, which is Jesus. You see, Jesus tells us about the condition of our soul. Instead of me not being happy because I don't have what I want, Mm. he says, you're not happy because your soul is broken. It's thirsty. You're tired and you're burdened. Jesus says, the reason why you're not happy isn't because you haven't fallen in love with the love of your life. The reason why is because your soul is isolated and alone and trapped. So so in order for me to immerse myself in what Jesus has done in order to experience true joy, then I must begin by coming to grips with the condition of my soul. Because only then, if I'm brutally honest about the condition of my own soul, can I experience the greatest joy, the greatest release, the greatest freedom, the greatest healing, the greatest redemption. And that is Jesus Christ came into this world in order to make me whole. So now I'm redeemed. I'm set free. I've been renewed. I'm born again. I'm a new creation. I now have the righteousness of God. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly in my uh, things in my life beyond I could even imagine. Mm-hmm. He can heal just not only the things in my life that have gone bad, but he can heal the way I think. He can I can adopt the mind of Christ. I can present myself as a living sacrifice to God and my mind will be transformed. Right, And then I'll know, gosh, this is God's will. And I think sometimes we misunderstand what God's will is. And that when we say, I will understand God's will, I go, oh, I understand his true purpose. I understand the ultimate reality. I understand the cosmic battle that's going on. Wow, I know where I fit now. Mm-hmm. I know what the point and purpose of my life is. This is what it means to understand God's will. Understanding God's will cannot be reduced to, well, what decision am I supposed to make and what am I supposed to do next, right? That, that's not understanding God's will. That's like, okay, I'm a four-year-old, and I don't know how to tie my shoes, and I need my dad <laughs> to tell me how to, what step. Okay, you know, make a loop, all right? Then run around, the rabbit runs around the tree, then dive into the hole. You know, 
sometimes we say, well, that's God's will. Well, actually, God's will is deeper, it's more powerful, it's more incredible, it's more healing, it's more revealing, it's more uh, uh, just, man, explodes the expansion of your mind and its imagination, its innovation, is because it has to do with who we really are and the reality in which we live. So Jesus came so that I could be made whole in order to see with the world and reality in which I live through the eyes of God. And, and I can't do that in my old self, mm-hmm. right? I can only do that in my new self. And so this is why being Mary is such a big deal at Christmas. Is What I'm doing is I'm taking God's perspective and I'm infusing it into my circumstance right here, right now. So when I say to you, Merry Christmas... I'm I'm saying to you, take who Jesus is, who he says you are, and merge that into your soul and what your soul really is, and then you'll be able to find the explosive immersion of joy in your life. Because when you understand who God is, and you understand yourself, and then you understand what he did for you, the outcome is joy, no matter what. So, in essence, joy is what we are really, the essence of joy, I would say, is, is really what we're celebrating at Christmas. If, you, if we're doing what Jesus wants us to do and, and taking the biblical view on Christmas. I think mm-hmm. the secular view, obviously, wants to kind of warp that. But in, in essence, this Merry Christmas we wish each other is really like a wish for you to go deeper in your walk with Jesus, to put on his his vision of what you are and who you are and who your family members and your loved ones are and really take that to heart and then mm-hmm. start living that way, right? Yeah, and, and so when we're like, what our secular culture is doing is like you say, okay, Merry Christmas. And what you're doing is you're really not only focusing on Christ, right? But you're focusing on, you're asking people to have an experience with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Remember the reason for the season. Well, our society, and this just shows you the ineptitude of people who don't like God, and that is to say, well, you need to say happy holidays. Well, what they like is happy because it's not being merry, so there's no challenge to you know interact with God, I suppose. But then they say holidays, and what people don't realize is the word, the, the word holidays comes from the word holy. So you're, you're saying have holy days. Well, what makes days holy? holy. You know, what makes me righteous? <laughs> what makes me new? Well, Jesus does. And right. so, so it's just, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. And the reason why I think they do this is because they're trying to incrementally distill uh, the derivation and the original intent of who Jesus is out of our everyday so that people will grow up and they just don't even know, and then they can forget about it. And people say, well, how can we do that? Well, just read the Old Testament. The Israelites did it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, oh, you know, they forget and they forget. They forget. Yeah, you know. So that's the book of Judges. That's what I'm reading yeah. right now is basically <laughs> the Israelites get saved. Everything's fine for a about bit. <laughs> 20 years on average, usually. And then they forget. <laughs> they forget about in within 40 years, they're back doing something stupid again. And then it's okay, well... You messed up. We got to save you again. <laughs> it's just that's all it's been in judges so far. Is 
And what people rinse and don't, repeat. Yeah, rinse <laughs> and repeat. You know what people don't realize is that the book of Judges covers a period of time almost 400 years. Right. So I call it 400 years of forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> you just forget, 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 forget. It's like, oh, for crying out loud. It's the old notion that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. Yes. And you see that over and yes, over again. Yes, over so, and over again. But what's happening in our society is people are trying to do that. They're trying to get people to forget. And here's what's really interesting is that what we're seeing today, the increase in division, the increase in hatred, uh, the increase in totalitarianism and fascism, you know, people who are trying to impose their belief system on everybody else. And then they, they make these appeals now, they make moral appeals that you're an evil person if you don't agree with my political bent. Uh, there's a, uh, I'm not, I don't want to be political. Uh, I just want to though point this out. And that is, is that there's some legislation, uh, by the Biden administration right now, which is a really large spending uh, thing. And what we have to realize is that right now we have double digit inflation. You're um, you know, you can be paying twice the, uh, amount for gas that you did just 18 months ago or 14 months ago. You're paying more for, everything. Uh, and w- the reason why, one of the reasons why that is, is because our government and the Fed in particular, uh, prior to the Biden administration, it started with the Trump administration, was they just poured trillions of dollars into the economy. Trillions right. of dollars. And you, you can't pour trillions of dollars in there without it diluting or devaluing the dollar. So w- we're hitting... We, we have inflation right now that we haven't seen since the 70s. Hmm. I mean, that, that is devastating. So if you, if you go and you, you say, wow, I, man, I got an 8% raise at work this last year, you know, going into 2022, it's like, yeah, well, actually, you've lost 2% of your money. Right. You know, you actually had a pay cut because infl- that's what inflation does. It just eats away at everything. Hmm. So what happens is, there's, uh, they're advocating to spend even more, right? Just spend even more as if, and when you actually look at what's in the bill, it has nothing to do with infrastructure or helping out Americans. Really what it is, is it's trillions of dollars of paying off people, special interest groups. And so this, uh, congressman in New York, upper New York, he said that one of the senators that voted against it, he went on this diatribe about how he doesn't care. He doesn't care about people. He's a racist because he doesn't care about minorities and brown people. And he, he doesn't do it because he wouldn't vote for this. And I thought, isn't that fascinating? Because maybe what he cares about is the fact that his constituency is now paying $4 for a gallon of milk when they're paying a buck eighty a year and a half ago. Right. You know, m- maybe his constituency, you know, drive vehicles. And now instead of 60 bucks to fill up your truck, it's $125 to and, and that's real dollars, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that really, so maybe that's what he cares about. But my, my point in bringing this up is not to say you should be politically on one side or the other. My point is to say this congressman is accusing him of moral failure. He's saying you're evil. You don't care about people. And that's what's happening in our society. We're seeing more and more of this. In everything. In everything. It's, a, it's an easy, it's a much shorter leap to just starting to accuse people of moral moral failure yeah on without even having a discussion about it right it's like oh you you know you picked that you picked non-fat milk well you must not care about farmers and you're evil like because you're choosing you know whatever like yeah, you, you're, you're drinking is- almond milk so you don't really care about farmers and so you you are you're an evil person it's like 
or I'm allergic to milk. Like, I mean, but you don't even have that conversation anymore. It's a very easy, like, oh, well, I'm going to infer all of these things that are evil about you based on a decision you're making, and we're not even going to have a conversation about it anymore. Yeah, and who's the people that always get fingers pointed at them as being evil? Throughout, we have... We have 2,000 years of history, and we have today's current environment right now, the number one people group. No other people group even comes close that are constantly had fingers pointed against them and called evil is who? Christians. Mm. Right now, the number one persecuted people group in the world today is Christians all across the board. In Africa, the, the persecution of Christians is off the charts. The, uh, in Nigeria in particular, they're coming down. These Muslim herdsmen are coming down. They go into towns, and they, they find pastors. They find anybody who's a Christian, and they just execute them. Mm. They're just going down and executing them. They go down to Christian schools. The only schools that exist in these areas are run, people that are run by you know churches. Uh, they go down in there. They kill all the males, and they kidnap all the girls, 8, 9, 10 years old, and ma- marry them off to 30- and 40-year-old men who already have three, four, five wives. This is going on. In China today, the number one persecution crackdown on the Xi Jinping, the CCP, which is evil, by the way, is uh, on Christians. It's just, it's just massive uh, oppression. Today in America, who's getting sued? Who's getting run out of business and having their businesses destroyed because they say, yeah, you know, I don't want to paint that thing or I don't want to de- bake a cake for that kind of thing. Hey, if you want to do that, that's fine. If you want to buy donuts and my donuts, you can have them. That's fine. It's not good enough for them. It's we're going to destroy you. We're going to run you out of business because we won't tolerate your convictions in our pathological, overly diverse society, where in the name of diversity, we act like the Borg. Because in the name of diversity, we're actually all about uniformity. And if you don't think like us and be like us, resistance is futile. We will destroy your freedom. And that's where our society's going. And I know it's a little hyperbole. I don't mean to be over the top. I want to try to be positive and a merry and joyful day. But when our secular society wants to take merry out of Christmas, that's where this is. That's what we have today. And so what you need to do is you need to say as loud as you can, Merry Christmas to as many people as you can. And then the second thing you need to do is you need to figure out how to immerse yourself right? Immerse yourself in what Jesus has done for you. Because what's happening is our society is losing that foundation that says we can believe different things and still have agreement and work with one another. Well, I hate to tell you this, but that's a uniquely Christian idea. If you go to an Islamic country, that idea doesn't exist. Mm. You have to think like us or we will throw you in prison. It doesn't, you know, China is not an Islamic country, right, at all. But that notion of diversity, you can believe different things and we can still build an agreement and have an economy together, doesn't exist. Mm. So you're, you're taking the majority of the world's population right now 
is not Western civilization. It's China. It's India. It's Indonesia. It's all these Islamic, Islamic countries. And guess what? This notion that we can have different beliefs, that I can respect your belief, you can respect mine, we can get along, and we can still have an economy together, right? Because even though you disagree with my belief, even though you have a different idea, I still see you as created in the image of God. That is a uniquely Christian idea. It doesn't exist in China. It doesn't exist in Islamic countries. It doesn't exist in Northern Africa. It doesn't exist in India. Okay. It only exists in Western civilization countries that were influenced by the core doctrines and foundational principles and values that are called Judeo Christian in their origin. So, what happens when we just take all that away? What, what, are we going to become a more peaceful society? Oh, no. Are we going to become a more Successful society, oh no. Are we going to produce better citizens? Oh no. So the best way for us to hold, not only hold on, but stop being defensive and start pushing forward all of these wonderful, beautiful things that create peace, that create happiness, that create joy, that create success, that create prosperity, is when we say Merry Christmas. Because without Merry and without Christmas, everything is going to be taken away. And so we not only must not, we not only must not take it. Let me see if I can say this properly. We not only must we take a stand, but now we must go out and try to say it's time for you to have your soul set free. And this is the greatest joy of all is that it's not enough to be just a nominal believer in Jesus anymore that basically says, well, I got my ticket punched to heaven. That's where I want to go. Now I'm just going to do whatever I want in life. Because if you think that way, the sinister groups are going to come in and they're gaining ground and they're going to take it all away from you, right? They're going to take your business away. They're going to cancel your right to say what you want to say. They're going to cancel your capacity to go to church. The biggest movement right now in America, right now a lot of people have no idea, and that is we want to tax churches. Not that that would really make any difference because a church is, you know, every church that I know is poor. Right. <laughs> you know, I, you know, there's a few churches out there, maybe they got, but almost 99% of all the churches I know, they're just poor, mm. you know? And so how, how are you going to, you know, the only reason you do that is so you can control it. And, you know, of course, the First Amendment says that you can't make a law because it exists above us. But my point in saying this is that we can't just be defensive. We have to be offensive. And offensive, in my opinion, is an upstream idea. And that is we don't win by creating political movements, right, and trying mm. to uh, think th those may have the, their place. But if the church wants to turn the tide, then we need to be on fire with our faith, the most merry people that you could ever imagine. And we need to see people one time say, we want your soul to be set free. We want your soul to be renewed. We want you to be whole. And then that, because it begins with winning the hearts of the people. Now, I can't win a heart. You can't win a heart. Nobody I know can win a heart. But Jesus is the king of hearts. Mm. And so when he wins the heart, everything else will fall into place. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Pastor. And just as the Salty Pastor podcast and, and from Foothills Christian Church, we want to wish all of you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. We want you to be immersed and loving and on fire for God. We wish you that... Um, 
you have every joy of knowing Jesus this season and moving forward. Take this point in time yes. and just move forward knowing Jesus, experiencing that true joy. That's what we've been focused on this mm-hmm. season is joy. Joy, joy, joy! And we just pray that you... Um, Tomorrow, whether you're joining us online or on campus, you come and celebrate with us with everything you have, um, the birth of Christ, our Savior, the one who came to set us free, and then obviously Christmas, spend time with your family and your friends celebrating that same joy. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much from all of us here at the Salty Pastor Podcast Mm -hmm. and Foothills Christian Church, and without a doubt, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas!